Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on jruradio.com. We are broadcasting today live. We missed last week. There were some technical issues by the radio. I don't know if they made an announcement, didn't matter, but there was a lot of issues. Baruch Hashem, we're back on today. Yut Tet Shivat Tavshin Ein Zayin. And uh, we are continuing in our halachot. We are two weeks away from beginning the laws of Purim. And Mazat Hashem, once that comes, we're going to start already going into the halachot of Purim, then the holidays, probably carry us all the way to Shavuot, as we usually like between Shavuot and Pesach. Pesach and Shavuot, we like to cover different ideas, different halachot from the regular schedule that we have. So far, we've been speaking about the halachot of Shabbat, and then between Pesach and Shavuot, we like to, you know, first of all, talk about the regular holiday stuff, and then different types of ideas that come up. In any case, today's class... And next week's class, our goal is to finish the halachot of libun. The halachot of libun, including laundry. And um, as we'll go through the summary a little bit today, Bazat Hashem, we'll try to do whatever we can today. And then next week, hopefully, we'll come to a summary. We'll finish up all the last details of the halachot, plus, plus Bazat Hashem, give a summary and answer any questions that have not been answered. Before we begin today's class, I would like to just uh, give a little bit, I guess you want to call it a shout out, but really a tov, thank you to the, really to all the Rebbeim and all the Yeshivot, but especially to the two Rebbeim that, um, that teach um, our children, my children specifically in Ate Torah, Rabbi Gibbs and Rabbi Kaplinsky Shlita, Hashem uh, should bless them to continue in their Avodat HaKodesh and to see much Nahat from their children and their Talmidim. Also, a mazal tov to Naor ben Hanan and his engagement to Khani Mizrahi. I was supposed to announce it last week. Sorry, Naor, we announced it this week. Never too late. We'll see by the wedding. Next, come back now to our classes. We are going to give you now a general outline of the halachot that are discussed in the under the subject of Libun. The halakha or the halachot for this subject are found towards the end of Siman Shin Aleph, but mainly in Shohan Aruch in Siman Shin Bet. These halachot, really, you think libun, okay, just cleaning, but really, in Siman Shin Bet, Maran, and really what started really by the tour, the halachot are brought really cover most, if not all, not all, but almost all the halachot that are pertaining to clothing or cleaning clothing on Shabbat. And there's other details also of clothing. So we can give a general outline of the different subjects that are discussed under the category of Libun, based on the Shohan Aruch and everything else. This is going to be very, very general. And hopefully next week, we'll summarize all what we've learned. And, uh, you know, with this summary again, with the same thing. So, we find that in the Halakhot of Libun, there are, first of all, the materials that are involved. We find there's different types of materials involved in the bull. I'm not here to tell you anything practical. Again, this is just like a little bit of a summary. We discussed a lot of these halakhot in the past. Maybe go listen to the archives on jrootradio.com to these halakhot in the past. But um, the details we've been, we spoke about and whatever we still need to speak about, we'll speak about today and next week. The subject, the materials are subject to the halakhot of the boon are natural materials like wool, linen, cotton, soft fabrics like that. And then there's also things that are natural, but they're materials, but they're not absorbent, something like leather. And we saw that there's differences between them. There's also things that are man-made materials, like polyester, acrylic, nylon. And those, again, also the halakhot differ. Almost all opinions, almost all opinions hold that, that these are only derabanan, while well, we find things that are, everybody will agree that there's no problem of libun, such as hard surfaces like wood, stone, a person's body, not to hear about a person's body, hard plastic, these kind of things, everybody holds that there's no problem of libun. That means if you want to wash your hands from a stain, you, you're eating and your hand fell into the hummus or fell into the crane and you want to wash it, nobody will tell you that this is a problem of libun. There's no libun by a person's body. Now, the cleaning, the basic cleaning that a person does is usually with water. And we saw that there are four different ways that it could be asur. And the 
Isur varies. Sometimes it's Asur min deoraita. Sometimes it's Asur de rabhanan. And sometimes we even saw it's permitted on certain types of materials. But basically, cleaning with liquid can happen in one of four ways. Number one is either through what we call sharia, which is soaking, just to either pour water on a garment or to take the water and put it, excuse me, or to take the garment and put it into a tub of water or a bucket of water. Second way is shifshuf, which is when the garment is wet, you take it and you scrub it. You basically rub two parts against each other. Third way is sahita, that means the garment is wet, and now I squeeze out the water that's inside of the garment. This last one, sahita, I think the last class was on the subject of sahita, we discussed a lot of it there. And finally also, Ni'ur begadim, which is shaking off the water that's on top of a person's garment. We also discussed that in the last class. That's also the fourth way, the fourth form that we find that, uh, again, varies the type of isur, but we find that the isur of laundering also applies. Now we also find, which is going to be today's subject, cleaning even without using liquid. And there's two forms to those, and by that same today's class, we're going to focus on that. What are these two forms of cleaning without liquid? Number one is shifshuf, which we said is scrubbing. We find that scrubbing two garments together, or scrubbing basically a garment with two parts of the garment against each other, is an issue. I don't want to say what kind of issue yet, we'll get to that. And the second way is dusting off a garment which is, again, ni'ur. Dusting off a garment, we'll talk about also how it applies, but we also find that shaking off a garment from the dust, from the dirt that's on it, could also be an issue on Shabbat. Now, up to now, we spoke about basically issues that could be a problem of cleaning the garment, that could be also the oraita, that could be an isur from the Torah. We find also the hazal, the rabbis also made certain decrees under the subject of libun, Purely derabanan, not necessarily because you're cleaning the garment, but it's something that may lead you to clean the garment or it doesn't look good. The two gezerot derabanan that we find in this area is number one, which we discussed in detail, that we'll definitely not come back to, and that is when you're hanging up wet clothing to dry, that we discussed in the first classes. Second issue, which we hope to get to next week, and that is folding clothing. To fold clothing on the lines, that is also an issue that we find that the rabbis decreed upon it. But that the same, hopefully we'll talk about that next week. And finally, we find some last, oh, the last two subjects really are rabbinical laws. And that is, what do we do now with the Abad? Let's say libun was done. What kind of libun? If it's deoraita or derabanan, let's say it was done already. So now what? Could we have benefit from the garment? Could we have benefit from it on Shabbat, after Shabbat, me, somebody else? All that, all again, hopefully next week. And finally, what and when, excuse me, when can we tell a goy to do something for us under this category? We all know that telling a goy, as we learned in detail, that telling a goy what to do on Shabbat is forbidden midderabanan. And there are times when it could be possibly that's mutar. Mazat Hashem will discuss when, what, how, and that will be all hopefully all next week. Let's get to today's focus, and that is cleaning garments without using liquid. I just want to give a warning. This warning is um, really more for ladies than the men. There are a lot of details in this halakha. I try to avoid bringing lumdas completely. And I you know, usually I try, we try over here in the class not to bring, you know, you know, idea. We try to make it clear and practical without having to go into, you know, back and forth. If it's something that's a mahloket, we'll tell you it's a mahloket and explain the two reasons. And then if there is a clear halakha, we'll tell you. But over here, in the details of how to clean a garment, especially in this area without using liquid, it is very confusing in halakha. We try to break it up, up in a way that's, or, or at least, you know, break it down. Up, break it down in a way that would be clear. Razat Hashem, we hope it will be clear. And uh, we'll get to Razat Hashem. So we ask you, if it's not clear, 
If what we're saying is not clear, please call at the end of the class. I know people are calling right now. I see the lines. But please call at the end of the class and we'll be able to answer you. I don't want to take phone calls because it could be very confusing for us and for the listeners. So after the class, after 3 o'clock, we'll be around. As that's Jimmy call us. But I could definitely text us 347-927-8398. And we'll see the question on the screen. And if we see that it's an issue that we... We're not clearing, but that the shame we'll bring it up in the middle of the class. Let's get to the two items that the, the subject of today. Cleaning a garment without liquid. We find in Halakha that there are two ways that a person could transgress the Isur of Libun, even though there's no liquid that's being used. How is that so? One is through scrubbing. You could we find that you could scrub your clothing even without liquid and be asur be an issue. The second way is by dusting off your garment. We're going to talk about these two cases. Let's see them from the Benish Hai. Now the real source of this is the Gemara. And of course we should look at Maran Shohan Aruch. But because it is a Benish Hai class, Nalakha Hour is primarily a Benish Hai class. And we try to stick to the text of the Benish Hai class. Although in this particular parasha we had to jump around because remember, we're jumping around just to make it easier on the way we could understand the laws. We're going from the easiest, um, from the, you know, we're breaking it down in a way that's easy. So we are going to jump around a little bit. Let's start with the halakha in the Benish Hai Parashat Vayhi Shana Shaniyah Halakha Yudalit. Let's read inside. Kol beged le'ahar kibbus mitkasheh. Benish Hai says, every garment, after you wash it, it usually becomes hard. Um shafshifin oto beyadayin lerakechon. Therefore, because the garment becomes hard when it dries up, so you need to scrub it in order to make it soft. But when you scrub it, it also seems to also become whiter. Because we all know when you rub things against each other, it fades out the color. So you're really whitening it. When you rub something against each other, you're really whitening it. So now it looks like we have an issue over here. You want to make it soft, but at the same time that you're scrubbing it, the intention is to make it soft, what happens is you are also making it wider. Now, you're listening to me and saying, what in the world is he talking about? A garment becomes wet, and then when it dries up, it becomes hard. And if you're thinking that, I agree with you, because you probably have this awesome machine called a dryer. Yes, a dryer. You know what a dryer, right? For the men, I'll explain to that. You ever see the other machine next to the washing machine in the basement? That's called the dryer. Yeah, anyway. So the dryer doesn't have this issue. We don't have this issue nowadays when we put our clothing in the dryer. The dryer actually makes it so nice and soft. Not so when you dry it out in the sun. I've seen it with my own eyes because when we had wet towels, I said, you know, let me leave it out in the sun and in the summer. And then when I come back and I get to the towel, you see it's very, very coarse. It's very hard. Not so when I when the towel comes out of the of the what's it called of the of the dryer it's so nice and cozy you just want to like hug it and you know sit there and read a sefer that's I, you know that's the way we get our clothing so we can't relate to this so much but that in the olden days without a dryer that's how it used to be a garment when it's wet you put it out to dry after it dries up it becomes rough and hard so now the way they used to soften it was they would rub it. They would rub it against, you know, they would basically not rub it, but the better word would be to scrub it against each other. So what's happening now is that there's two things happening. One is it's becoming softer. At the same time, you're also making it wider. So therefore, what do you do? Could you do this? So the Benish Hai brings down over here, which again, it's a halakha, it's a aruch. When I say Benish Hai, unless it's only the Benish Hai, I'll point it out. But otherwise, it, this is, seems to be uh, something that everybody agrees on. If the garment that you're scrubbing to make it soft is a garment that you care about the whiteness of it, like for example, a garment that's worn on the outside, like I would say like something like a jacket, let's say, Right, like let's say a wool jacket, or let's say a shirt with that when you don't wear a jacket. So then says the Benish Hai, it's gonna be an issue to scrub it because why? Because when you scrub it, you also want it to become wider and it looks wider. So that's why it's gonna be an issue. 
But let's say you're wearing like an undershirt. So let's say you wash your undershirts and now you want, and, and you left it to dry throughout the week. And now on, on Shabbat, you come to take it, you want to wear an undershirt, but it's, it's rough. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's dry and it's very hard. And you want it to be soft. In such a case, since in Adam Makpit you don't care so much to make it white. It's anyway an undershirt. It's an undergarment. You're allowed to scrub it in order to make it softer. So it comes out from here. We see from here what's the issue here? Why is the Ben Yishai telling us that I cannot scrub the clothing? It's dry. And the answer is it's not only the Ben Yishai, it's Aruch, it's also the Gemara. When you scrub it, you're making it wider. So what if I'm making wider? I'm not using any liquid. It doesn't make a difference. There's an Isur Medderabanan that to clean something even without using liquid to scrub it against each other, it is Asur banan. Now if it's Mutam Torah, why did the rabbis make it forbidden? The answer is because it looks like laundering. Because that's the way you do laundry. What happens when you do laundry? It's when it's what you scrub it against each other. That's how you clean. So therefore, even when it's dry, since it looks like you're doing laundry, Hazal made it asur. However, they only made it forbidden when your intention is also to clean it. If your intention is not to clean it, just purely to make it soft, then it'll be mutar. But again, with the condition also, there's got to be no stain. Because you can't say, oh, my intention is just to make it soft when there's a stain on it, when you know it's going to clean it and you care about cleaning it. So therefore, if your garment is clean and you only you need a few conditions here. Number one, it's got to be clean. Number two is your intention is only there to scrub it to make it softer. So in that's such a case, scrubbing a garment to make it softer when there's no stain on it will be permitted. Okay, so we come out from here that... The source for the first thing that we mentioned. We mentioned that scrubbing a garment even without liquid is forbidden. We just found the source over here. It's Asur Midera Banan. Now we mentioned that there's another way to clean a garment even without liquid and also be Asur. Now this is a little bit more complicated. So we're going to read it inside in the Benish Hai. And then we'll tell you about Hashem, the background from the Gemara and everything else. If you've been following us till now, you'll appreciate this halakha a lot more. Even if not, hopefully you'll also appreciate it. Listen to this halakha as Ben Shai writes, and this is not according to everybody, but still, you'll, we'll explain in a second. Ben Shai writes, Asul l'na'ir beget shahor hadash min he'abak she'alav im makpid shalom l'bisho ni'ur. It is forbidden for a person to shake off the dust from, listen to what it, the conditions here, from a black new garment if you are meticulous to not wear it with that dust on it. Why is it Asur? Because when you dust it off, when you shake off the dust from this garment, it's like a form of Kibbutz, it's like a form of laundry. As we all know, when there's dust on it, so then it ruins its look. Now this halakha may sound familiar. Black garment, new, and you're meticulous, and you, you, you care not to wear it unless you first shake off the garment. And if, if this sounds familiar, that means, and you were listening to us, that means you heard it before. Yes, it is a Gemara. If you shake your garment on Shabbat, it's Hayab. Sorry, it's not, it's not Zebahim. Sorry, it's in Shabbat. A person who shakes off his garment, let's just call it a garment, on Shabbat, he's Hayab, he's doing Isur Deoraita. The Gemara tells us this is Asur when you have three conditions. Very important to remember these three conditions because it will be, this halakha will be very, very practical to know when it does apply and when it doesn't apply. What are the three conditions? Number one, it has to be new. Number, uh, condition number two is that the Gemara says it's shahor. As the Ahronim explained, it's not only black, but it's anything that's dark color, like black, navy. Those, of, those types of dark colors when, you know, it clearly looks. I remember we had a, a teacher, a Goisha teacher in high school. He taught us math. And um, 
he used to brag always about his BMW. You know, he bought a BMW, always spoke about my BMW. Okay, very nice. That's uh, what that's what the guy had in his life. Okay, Mercedes. Anyway, so his BMW was a white car. So we asked him, why'd you get a white car? You know, it's easy to get dirty. He says, no, not at all. The opposite. The black car, you could see the stain, the, the, the dust on it much easier. It, it, the dirt shows much more on a dark color than a white color. That statement... Hashem put it in my head so I can remember when I come back to these halachot. Later on, I can remember this statement and understand this halacha much more. Yes, on a dark color, you see the dirt much more than a white color. Believe it or not. We're not talking about stains now. We're talking about things that are a little bit more on the outside. In any case, back to this Gemara. When it says the person who shakes his garment on Shabbat is Hayab, we find a mahlokah between the Rishonim in explaining what the Gemara is talking about. It says Hamenayim. Hamenayim in Hebrew means to dust off, to shake off the garment. What are you shaking off? What's on it that you have to shake off the garment? You have to shake the garment to get these things off of it. So we find the Mahlokit. The Tosafot and the Rosh, and again, these are only two of many opinions, they hold that it's talking about Tal, do. You know, that little bit of wetness, it has a little bit of wetness on it, you could, like, or we could say light rain on it. And if you shake it off, according to the Tosafot and the Rosh, that's what the Gemara says, your Hayabin Deoraita. One, when you have the three conditions. If it's dark, if it's brand new, that means it's never been washed before, and you're meticulous to only, to, to, to only wear it when you take that off. However, the other Rishonim, Rabbeinu Hanan El and Rashi later on also, who says that the Gemara is talking about taking, when you shake the garment from dust, Yes, shaking the garment from dust that's on it, that's when it's asur middeoraita. So it's a major mahlok now between the Tosafot and Rashi. Because each one is, according to the Tosafot, shaking off the garment from dew is forbidden middeoraita. But taking off dirt, that's, as, that's, that's not a problem. Shaking off from the dirt that's on it, that's not a problem at all. It's mutar. Where on the other hand, according to Rashi, this would be a summa So, bottom line, we have a mahlokit. What do we do? So, we go to the Shohan Aruch. In the Shohan Aruch, we find very interesting. According to the Shohan Aruch, which is Maran the Mechaber, which the Sfaradim usually follow, he says he only brings the opinion of the Tosafot and the Rosh. That means it's only a problem to shake your garment off when you have dew on it. He does not bring the opinion of Rashi at all. And it clearly, according to Shohan Aruch, he does not hold that it's an issue to shake off dust from your garments. However, the Ramah, which usually, usually, the Ashkenazim follow the Ramah, the Ramah writes, Yesh Omrim, there are those who say that shaking off a garment uh, from dust is a problem, and he concludes with the following words, Yesh Lahush Lidbarav. One should be careful because of the words of Rashi and Rabbi Hanel who say that it's a problem to dust off your clothing, to shake off the dust from your garments. So, it comes out that according to Shahana Ruch, really it's mutar. According to the Ramah, it's a person should be careful not to do so. Now, let's look at the later authorities and how they ruled. You look at the Ahronim from the Ashkenazim, the Mishnah Bira, usually when he says something, it's based on earlier Ahronim and pretty much. Most of the later Ahronim, most of the later poskim follow what the Havet Hayim writes in Mishnah Barah. And he writes like this. He says, He is more stringent than the Ramah. He says, it's not, a, it's not just a good idea to, to be careful from this. You know, according to the Ramah, it's a good idea to be careful not to dust off your garments. He says, no. This is forbidden. It's not only the opinion of Rashi and Ben Hanayim. Many Rishonim follow the opinion of Rashi that to dust off a garment is assumed the right And that's really the almost, I don't want to say consensus. It's not like I've seen all the Ahronim. I don't have time to open everybody. But from what I've seen, the Ashkenazi poskim, all, all the contemporary ones at least, they follow the opinion, this opinion of the Mishnah Ram, and they hold that it's forbidden to dust off a garment. Especially that the Ramah said so, and especially the Mishnah Berurah says so. So we could safely say that Ashkenazim for the Ashkenazim, that's definitely the Minhag, is that one cannot dust off his clothing. We're going to talk about 
the details of this later on. We just want to establish the basis. However, when you look at this Faradim, we find a little bit of a split. Strictly speaking, Shohan Aruch permits, and therefore it should be permitted. And that's exactly the way Hakam Avadiyah rules, as we know. The style of Hakam Avadiyah is Shohan Aruch, that's it, you take him for good or better. Maran says it's mutar, we follow Maran, it is mutar. And that's the way the Menuhat Ahaba also brings it down. However, they both add, Vitob Lahmir, it's a good idea to be stringent, but definitely from a deen, from halakha, from a strict halakha point of view, they both agree that it's permitted. When you look at the other Ahronim, they, they bring it a little bit more stronger language. Like the Ben Yishai over here, he writes the word Asur. He, he goes with the Eliyad Abba, that's forbidden. He doesn't say it's a good idea, it says forbidden. Kafahayim, forbidden. Akam Ben Zion is like more like Akam Avniyam Nuhat Abba, that really it's mutar, but one should be careful. And one should, be, one should be stringent. So therefore, it really comes out that according to all opinions, to dust off your garment is recommended. One should not dust his garment on Shabbat. For, but if, uh, strict, halakhically speaking, strictly speaking, if a person wants to be lenient like the Shohan Aruch, definitely has what to rely on, but this is only true according to the Sfaradim, according to the Ashkenazim, their minhag is clearly not that way. Their minhag is to be mahmir. So let's summarize now what we learned in short and simple words. We learned that there are two ways that a person could clean his clothing without liquid that would be forbidden on Shabbat. Number one is when you scrub it in order to shine it to make it look whiter. Number two, according to a majority of opinions, dusting off a garment from the dirt that's on it with the following three conditions. Again, this issue of dusting off a garment is only an issue when you have these three conditions. What are these three conditions? You need all three conditions. It's got to be a new garment. It's got to be something new. Number two, condition number two, it's got to be dark colors like navy or black. And number three, which depends on the owner himself, it's got to be a garment that you yourself are very meticulous not to wear unless you dust it off. So, so far we saw the sources. Now let's go into the details of the halakha and bring different cases. Let's say you have, I don't want to say stain, but let's something spills on your garment. Okay, I'm going to refer to a man's suit, but this could apply to a lady. Probably it's more likely by ladies, you know. Men try to run away from the kids because they need to look mechubedik in front of all the, the whole shul. They feel everybody's looking at them. Baruch Hashem, ladies take care of the, of the babies. Anyway, it doesn't make a difference. It applies to men and women. By the way, teenagers, applies to you as well. 12-year-old girls and 13-year-old boys and above, this halakha applies to you as well. So make sure that uh, you listen very well. Let's go now to... I'm getting confused over here. Okay, sorry. Okay, let's go now to the following. What about what about if a person has a spill on themselves, but it's external? So the Ramah brings down, in the following case, he says that if you have feathers on a garment, it's not like dirt. You could remove feathers. These words come from the Orzarua. You could remove feathers that's on your garment. I'll give you a practical application of this halakha. For example, um... You ever have those, uh, what's it called? Let's say you're wearing a wool suit and you have those, uh, I have in my house this fake fur. You know what I'm talking about? Like a a rug, but it's a fake fur. So whenever I'm playing with the baby, like you get on the floor and you crawl with the baby and you get up, you look at your black suit and you see like, you know, almost looks white. You know, you got all these things get stuck to you. I feel worse that it's coming out of the, the carpet. In any case, but anyway, so you have it all over you. You get stuck. You have it, you know, you sometimes walk next to things and you have these external things. We don't have feathers flying out from our pillows, Baruch Hashem, but we have other things that could get caught onto your garment. But it's external. So just like the Ramah permitted you to remove a feather because it's external, same thing over here. We The uh, Halakha permits anything that's external, you're allowed to remove it. What's the reason? A few reasons are given. We'll give you the reason that the Mishnah brings down. He says, She'enze domele libun. This is not like libun. Why? 
We said dusting off in garments like the boom, but this is not like the boom. Why? Remember, Libun, we mentioned Libun, the problem of laundering by wet garments, for example, squeezing out the liquid, or remove or dusting off uh, the garment from its dirt that's on it. Those, the water or the dirt, are absorbed in the material. However, these Omdim and Lemala, says Mishnah Berurah. The feather, it's only external, it's only on the outside. So what are you doing? You're just removing it. So you might say now, well, it's like, is, shouldn't this be mukseh? The pieces from the rug that got stuck to my suit or the feathers are stuck to my jacket. Aren't these an issue of mukseh? And the answer is, no, they're not mukseh. They're not considered mukseh because it's like cleaning any dirt. Nobody says it's mukseh. It's like removing that the dirt that's external on the garment. You don't have to worry it's an issue of mukseh because you're not carrying it in a normal way. You're just removing it. So therefore, to remove things with your head, to remove external things are stuck on your garment, it is not an issue of libun. In fact, the Benish Hai in Parashat Vayahi brings two other examples of such a halakha. I want to read it inside very quickly. So this will be covered most of the halakha inside. Halakha inside, halakha yud and halakha yud aleph. Listen what he says. Im nidbak If a person has a spill from a food or let's say uh, some sort of like seeds from, from uh, flax that gets stuck on his uh, garment let's say eating sunflower seeds, right? And then it gets stuck to your jacket, to your wool jacket. You're allowed to take it off. That's not a problem, like we just said. You're allowed to peel it off. The same thing would be, he says over here, if you have, let's say, the pits from dates or anything that basically has a little bit of a sticky uh, surface and it gets stuck to your garment, you're allowed to remove it and that's not a problem of the boon. Why isn't it like the case of dusting off a garment? Like we said, this is not the same. You can't compare the two. Over there, it's actually absorbed in the garment. Over here, it's just external. He brings another example. Let's say you have a nail that got stuck into your garment and you want to take out the nail or you have a thorn that got stuck into your garment. You're allowed to remove it but in this case, you got to be very careful when you pull it out because if there's some sort of nail that was sticking out of uh, some furniture and it got stuck, I don't know how it's going to get stuck but let's say it gets stuck into your suit, when you remove it, you got to be careful not to rip the garment. And even if you happen to rip, since you're not mitkaven, it's not for sure going to happen. We call that dabash in mitkaven, which is permitted. So if you have these kind of things that you get, things that get stuck into your garments, you're allowed to pull it out. Again, there's a difference between this and the dirt. This is external. Things are external. You're allowed to remove them. It's not absorbed completely inside of the garment, and that's why it's mutat to remove such a... Uh, to remove thorns are stuck in your garment. You're allowed to move, uh, remove, um, let's say, pits that get stuck on it, sunflower shell, uh, sunflower seed shells that get stuck to your garment. You're allowed to remove it. Those are all called external. You're allowed to either brush it or, you know, with your hand, dust it off, or to actually pick them up with your hand. That's not an issue. I do have to point out, because we want to bring all the opinions, there are opinions on Mahmir. Megan Abraham brings in a book called Sefer Zichronot, who says that a person, even though it's external, the feathers are external, he holds that you should be mahmir. So if a person likes to be mahmir, you know, there's people who love to be mahmir. So you have who to be mahmir on for yourself. Don't yell at everybody else. Everybody else is matir. When I hold like the Megan Abraham, you mahmir for yourself, no problem. But don't yell at everybody else who's following almost all the post scheme. Now, we discuss now external uh, stains. Now, what about stains that are partially absorbed and partially external? For example, could a person remove an avocado stain you're eating and you got your challah, you dipped in the avocado, you balance the herring on top or you balance the uh, gevilte fish on top? I don't know, you don't eat gevilte fish with that. Avocado, you whatever you make it up, or you got the hummus, right? And you got the tahina on it, and you got the chicken nugget on it, whatever it is, everybody's got their own food, bar Hashem. Or, or sometimes it happens with a chalant, right? So now, as you're eating, you're taking that nice bite, and, and you hear that, you know, it sounds bad. You look at your suit, you look at your dress, and you see you got this big blob of tahina. you got a blob of hummus, avocado, herring, I don't know what you got, the whole crane, you got it on your garment. Are you allowed to take that off? Could one remove such... Is that called also external? By the feather, you know, it slips right off. Nothing stays. It's, it's completely external. Over here, it's like, you know, half-half. There's a big chunk of chalant 
and there's uh, parts of the chon that are actually getting absorbed into your garment. The same question will apply if it's a rainy day and you're walking, you come home, you notice on the bottom of your pants, you have some mud stuck on the bottom of your pants. Could you take that mud off? Because when you take the mud off, right, there's a part of the mud, that stain that's on the outside that's, you know, that could just come right off. And there's another part of it that's keeping on the garment that's really absorbed into the fabrics of the garment. So what's the halakha? Let's read the Benish Hai. It's a short halakha in the Benish Hai. And then from there, we'll see that's actually a big discussion amongst all the poskim. Let's get to the halakha. Halakha ted zayin in parashat ve'yahib. Tit she'al bigdo. A person who has mud on his garment. Lo yeshav she'form bachut bimkom hatit. Dener ekim labin. One should not scrub it from the outside where the mud is, because it looks like, it looks like what? It looks like you're doing laundry. Ella, what you could do, what you could do is, you could scrub it from the inside of the garment, where basically, let's say it's on your sleeve, so where your arm usually goes. Meaning, let me explain to you, it's hard to explain this when you're not watching. There's not even a camera filming me. Believe it? Anyway, I'm kidding. So that's how I'm going to explain this. Try to picture. Ready? Imagine spill, fill, uh, uh, something like that. Let's say mud comes on your um, jacket where your arm goes. And you're wearing a wool jacket. Good? So now, you want to go ahead and fold the garment from the outside and scrub it and take it off. That's Asur. You want to scrub it off even with your hand. What's the difference? You also, scrubbing it on the outside with your hand, also a problem. Well, what you could do is where your arm goes in, which means inside, on the inside of the sleeve, from the inside, is stick your hands on the inside, and from there, using your fingers, you could fold the garments and scrub it. That's the way I've seen my rabbis do it. That's the way I understand the halakha. Although I've seen others explain it differently, I... I don't see a proof the other way, although logically it makes sense, but this is the way we're explaining it. You're sticking your hand from the inside of the garment and scrubbing it in such a way, not from the outside. Okay? We're going to explain all this later on. Uh, continues. He says, There are those who say, This is only permitted when the mud stain is still wet. It's still fresh, it's still wet. Abaltit yabesh? But if it dried up already, for example, the mud has become dry, asur, then it's forbidden, because it decomposes and breaks apart. And therefore, so what if it breaks apart? Therefore, it's an issue of tohen. We know that you're not allowed to grind on Shabbat. Okay? Third point, says the Benish Hai, says Benish Hai, however, if, the only the, if there's no actual mud, but there's only just the stain, that means the seepage from the mud, you only see the appearance of the, there used to be a mud stain, according to Benish Hai, that is permitted. Now there are three things that Benish Hai mentioned over here, and each one really is a discussion by itself, we have exactly 50 minutes, we hope to cover everything here in these last, you know, five minutes, we'll give five minutes to each one, maybe more. Okay, the three points of it are discussed in this halakha, number one is, removing stains like mud stains or avocado or food stains from a garment when it's still wet. Number two is removing the stain when it already has dried up. And finally, when the external stain is off, but this the seepage. Removing that final stain that's completely absorbed in fabric, but, it's, but it appears, but you can see the stain. Those are the three points Bazad Hashem will discuss each one by itself. Let's begin with the first point. Removing stains when they're still wet. Like for example, you just ate and the avocado or the hummus spilled on your jacket and you see it's right there. Or you just walked into your house and you see on the bottom of your pants, you see the mud and you want to remove it. So now the halakha says that, remember, it's assumed the oraita to what? To scrub two garments together. Excuse me. It's assumed that to scrub two garments together, right? Or to scrub the same garment from the outside together. Why? Because it looks like laundry. However, Hazal did not forbid it when you stick your hand on the inside. When you're doing it from the inside of the garment, it doesn't look like laundering. You did that little bit of a shinui. It's fine to re- clean 
the stain in such a way and do how do you, what does that mean doing it from the inside of the of the garment we already explained that means you're putting your arm from the part that way usually covers the body from the inside of the garment and you scrub in such a way again it's hard to explain without you being in front of me if you could picture it fine if not call me after the show next this what we just mentioned is a gemara I know Ben Ishai brought it, but it's a Gemara. Everybody agrees on this opinion. When it's when the stain is still fresh and wet, everybody agrees that's mutar. So practically, one could scrub a garment from the inside to remove these stains. One could also, not only, not only in the garment, you could also use your nail, let's say, or nail or a sharp item, like a, let's say a butter knife, to remove the spills. That means you saw that you're eating your chalant and it came on your jacket, you could take the butter knife and slowly remove that stain. That's not a problem. It's still wet. You're not doing anything, Yasur. However, but you, you cannot scrub against the dirt. That scrubbing could either be with your fingers or if you're using another garment. That means you can take a towel and scrub over there against it. If you want to use a towel to remove the chalant or a napkin to remove the stain when it's still wet, you could do so if you're doing so very softly. It's easier to explain to understand. Let's say you have an avocado spill on your jacket and you want to take a napkin or a cloth, like a towel, and remove it very softly from your jacket. That is mutar. It's not a problem. This is when you scrub it off of it. Good? Fine. Now we get to the second point we're going to discuss in this halakha. And that is, you. by the time you notice the stain, already dried up. So you have this avocado stain, they didn't realize, you know, usually this happens, you get to shul, and all of a sudden you look at your jacket, oh, you realize that when the kids jumped on you and they said, oh, daddy, I love you, and they, they had the chocolate or they had the, what's it called, they had their, um, the, uh, the, the, the mouth full of avocado and hummus and, and whatever they had on them, it's now on your shirt. Baruch Hashem, your kids are clean, but your shirt is not or your jacket is not, and you can't change it, you're in shul already, so what do you do? So when it dries up, the Benish Hai brings over here, which the Shohan Aruch also brings as a Yesh Omrim, the opinion of one of the Rishonim, one of the Baletos, what Rabbeinu Peretz, who says that when something dries up, when a stain dries up, you have an issue to scratch it off. Why? Because then you're grinding it. Grinding, yeah. One of the 39 Melachot is grinding. What is the definition of grinding? We explained in our classes on 39 Melachot. The definition of grinding is when I have one entity that is broken apart into many entities. That is the issue of Tohen. So over here, I have, let's say, the mud on my garment. And now when, I, when it dries up, when I scratch it, what's going to happen? It's going to break apart into many different small pieces. And therefore, there's an issue of Tohen. However, this issue of Tohen is only Asumid Rabbanan. Why? Because Tohen is only assumed Doraita when I'm grinding something that I need to use. For example, I'm taking a uh, cucumber and I'm dicing it very, very finely. Why? Because I want to put it in my salad. I like small, small cucumbers in my salad. That's when it's mutar. Here, I'm scratching off the mud stain in order to get rid of it. I'm not using what I'm grinding, so therefore, it's called Melachash Gufa. It's only Asur Midrabanan. But nonetheless, according to this is also Asur. But this will only be an issue when the stain that you have on you is from mud. If the stain that you have on you is from food that was already ground up, for example, avocado, avocado that was mashed. We're talking about, let's say, a uh, better word for it, actually, is really a guacamole. Yeah, So if you have the guacamole on your shirt, since that was already ground up, or the hummus, which is chickpeas that have been ground up, you know, in, in uh, what's it called? Ground, I think that's what they say, ground up. In any case, so if you have it, even though dried up, we have a klal, we have a rule, en tohin ahal tohin. Once something has been ground up, so now to grind it again, it's not an issue. So that's why if you have the avocado stain or the hummus stain and you want to scratch it off and it's going to fall apart to many different pieces, since it's food that was already ground up, everybody will agree. It's an issue only when it's mud. 
So if you have the mud that you, when you came home, you realize that you, that you, when you were walking by a certain wall, you got some mud stain on your jacket, and now it dried up and you want to remove it. There is where Rabbeinu Peir says there's an issue of tohen, and the Ahronim explain why it's an issue of tohen midrabanan over there, even though maybe it seems to be always ground up, but you look at the Hazonish. In any case, we come back here. So what do we do now? Well, you should just know that not everybody holds it's an issue. First of all, the Shuhana Ruch Maran brings it as a Yesh Umri. And the Hidda says, clearly according to the opinion of the Shuhana Ruch, he doesn't hold like Rabbi Nipet, but out of respect he brought this opinion. But still, the Haronim bring down that it's better to be stringent because many, many, many opinions hold that's an issue. And it seems like that's the opinion also of the Ben Ishai. So, if you have a mud stain on you that already dried up, and you know that when you scratch it, it's for sure going to break apart, you have an issue to scratch it off because of the problem of tohen. However, if it's not certain that it's going to decompose, that means you could scratch it off in a way that will just fall right off. You could take a butter knife and just, you know, take it right off, then it's not going to be a problem because it's not a psikreshe, it's only dabash and kavin. Based on what we just said, to remove dirt stains, like mud stains, on a utensil, on hard surfaces, usually when you remove something from a hard surface, since it doesn't really attach itself to the garment, to the to the surface, let's say, for example, there's, the kids came home, they had some mud on their jacket, and they were leaning on the counter, and you see now the counter has some mud. When you take off that mud, it's not going to break apart, because... It only breaks apart maybe on a, on, a, on a garment because the garment is flexible. So therefore, when it dries up, maybe it'll be, turn into many small pieces. But on hard surfaces, for sure it's going to fall off without a problem. Especially in Amit Kavin. So it's not a problem over here to remove it from hard surfaces. But, practically speaking, if you have a dried stain, if it's from food that has already been ground up, it's not a problem to remove it. If it's from... Um, if it's from mud that has dried up, the Sfaradim should be careful. Ashkenazim are mahmir. Most of the opinions are mahmir by the Ashkenazim. If one sees that's necessary because you know it doesn't look nice, you could tell a goy to scratch it off. It's not a problem. But if you're not sure that it's going to break apart into many small pieces, it might just fall off completely. Then you could even scratch it. Just make sure you know you do it in a way that the whole thing will come out in one shot without having to break into many small pieces. And finally, now we get to the last point over here, and that is removing the stain that seeped into the garment. I want to read the words again of the Ben Ishai. These words are actually very, very debatable. There's a big mahlokit over here amongst the Ahronim. Ben Ishai says, if you have a stain on your garment where there's no actual physical substance, I mean, there's always a physical substance, but it means to say you can't feel anything. It's seeped into the garment. That means externally you can't really see it. It's like only inside deep into the fabric. There, as Ben Yishai says, you could take it off. Not a problem. It's an issue when it dries up, when it's external, when it's inside, and you're removing just the appearance of the stain, Ben Ishai says, this is permitted. What's the source of the Ben Ishai? The source of the Ben Ishai is one of the early Ahronim known as the Taz. And the Taz says that if a person has some dirt from, you know, forgive me, from bathroom stuff, like they're called number two, okay, forgive me, okay, and he wants to pray, even though, he already took off the outer part and there's a smaller part inside he could scratch it off if he wants to pray and even though you're removing the appearance of the stain it's mutar now this is a big debatable issue when it comes to the laws of cleaning garments on Shabbat this is an issue that's not found in the Gemara it's not in the Rishonim it's not even in Shohan Aruch it's discussed by the Ahronim the issue is as follows could a person could a person remove a stain from his garment? Mean to say, something that's dry, you're not using any liquid, you're scratching off that you'll have no more, you'll, you won't have the appearance of a stain anymore. Why would you think there's an issue? Well, the Bureau al brings up the following issue. According to many opinions, almost all opinions we saw, that a person has to be mahmir and some hold that's completely asu, even midoraita, to dust off a garment. 
Now, if you have some dust on it, you can't dust it off. What does it mean dusting off? You know, tapping your garment to, to take it off or shaking off the garment to remove the dust. If that's a sumbi deoraita, so how could it be now that the Taz says over here to scratch off the appearance of a stain? How could it be that? Then how could that be mutar? How could you tell me that rabbi is permitted even the Shohanu brings it down? Nobody arguing on that. Rabbi is permitted that if you stick your hand from the inside, you could rub and scrub the two parts of the garment against each other and remove the stain. How could it be? We told you dusting is asur. How could this be? So he suggests two answers. The first answer he explains is that must be the garment that we're permitting you to take off the stain completely is a garment that you're not makpid, that you don't care about. That means it doesn't have the three conditions that we mentioned above. Remember, dusting off a garment, even according to the ones that say it's forbidden, it's only a problem when there are three conditions. It's new, you are meticulous not to wear it unless you take off the dust, and it's also dark color. Must be we're dealing with a garment that's either light color or it's not new, or you don't care so much about it. That's one answer. The second answer that he suggests, and he says that's the one that he really likes. He says, This is the emit. And he says that if there's a stain, you're only allowed to remove an external stain. On a condition, there's some sort of appearance of a stain when you're done. To completely remove even the appearance of a stain, says the Bi'ul Halakha, this is Habet Sayyid Mishnah Ra, he said, That's forbidden. So it comes out that we have a mahluk here between the Taz and the Bi'ul Halakha. According to the Bi'ur Halakha, to remove the seepage, the appearance of the seepage is asur on Shabbat. According to the Taz, it seems to be that's mutar. And many Ahronim brought the Taz without, without explaining it like the way Mr. Barah explains him. The Graz, the, the, that's the Shohan Aruch Arav, the Benish Hai Ovi, like we just read. And yet, we, uh, but uh, many later Ahronim, like the Shimirat Shabbat Milchat, Kehel Chata, all said, no, it's asur to remove the stain completely. Even when we tell you a lot to clean something, the appearance of the stain has to be there. And so we come out with a mahloket. Not only that, if you open up, you see in Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, he explains that the Taz doesn't argue on Bihur Halakha. The Taz allows you to remove a stain on a condition that it's, you can, when you look, you still see the stain. But to remove the stain completely, he says, no, that's not what the Taz means. So, that also makes it a little bit more difficult. So practically, where it comes out that if a person has a stain on this garment, where it's not external, it's in the fabric, and if I scratch it off, or if I scrub it from the inside of the garment, the whole appearance of the stain will be gone. It's a mahloket between the Bi'ur Halakha versus the Taz and the Ben Hai. One, Lechat should be stringent. However, if it's difficult to be stringent, you can be lenient by telling a goy. And one more point, this is only an issue if something is actually absorbed into the material. If it's not absorbed into the material, then over there you have the issue, then you don't have an issue because it's not seeped, it's not a seepage. It has to be only something that's seeped into the garment. We are out of time, we have exactly a minute left. And we'll take questions now by Zat Hashem off the air. You can send in your questions by Zat Hashem to 347-927-8398. We thank Rav Nisim, Iran, and the whole JRU Radio staff for hosting us today. And um, you can call us in on the phone number 718-683-5858. We'll answer your questions by Zat Hashem off the air. Thank you for listening. This class will be aired on again tonight on at 10 o'clock on jruradio.com. Till next week, we'll see you. Have a wonderful week and have a Shabbat Shalom.